This is the Woodenville Weekly Podcast. The Woodenville Weekly is a community newspaper serving the North Shore area since 1976. We're proudly locally owned and operated. To read more in-depth stories, visit woodenville.com. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Woodenville Weekly Podcast for September 8th, 2023. This week on the podcast, King County Event educates residents on how to ready, set, go. In an emergency, pride wall removal causing outrage for Duval residents. And Falcon football soars in Hawaii. King County Event educates residents on how to ready, set, go. In an emergency, With climate change making wildfires increasingly common in the Pacific Northwest, knowing how to evacuate you and your family safely in an emergency is important. At the recent Ready, Set, Go! press conference, local, state, county, fire, and law enforcement agencies collaborated to share evacuation procedures and readiness strategies with the public. The Ready, Set, Go! Evacuation plan is activated in the case of a wildfire or other hazardous situation. It is broken into three different levels of action, each based on the threat level your area is currently experiencing. Level 1, Ready, indicates that there may be a possible evacuation in your area. This level is usually initiated if a wildfire or other hazard is imminent. You might hear of a level 1 alert on the radio or TV, on the alert King County system, or through a wireless emergency alert. During a level 1 alert, you should prepare your home for a possible evacuation. For example, you should close windows and doors, turn off appliances, and pull in lawn chairs, just as you would if you were on vacation for an extended period. In addition, You should move anything that could catch fire, such as kindling, away from open space. Level 2, Set, indicates that a short-notice evacuation is likely in your area. With your car and bags packed, you should ensure you are ready to leave quickly if needed. Don't forget to pack a go. Kit of emergency supplies in your evacuation vehicle. You may have minutes notice, Sherry Badger, Public Information Officer with the King County Office of Emergency Management said, during levels 1 and 2, be sure to continue monitoring local media and don't hesitate to leave the area if you feel unsafe. Badger emphasizes that you must not wait for a level 3 to evacuate. If you feel unsafe, even at level 1, please evacuate, she advised. Level 3 Go indicates imminent danger in your area. You should immediately evacuate, moving as quickly and safely as possible. If you see this, it's as urgent as we can be. King County Public Outreach and Education Coordinator Susanna Trimarco said, While evacuating, follow directions from police or fire departments and find a secure location. Do not return home until officials have let you know that it is safe Badger emphasizes that the alert system might not move through all three levels during a hazardous event. For example, depending on conditions, it might jump from level 1 to level 3. This means that even if your area is only at level 1, you should still be prepared to quickly transition to a higher level if needed.
you can take important steps to prepare yourself even before a disaster occurs. All residents are advised to prepare a go kit of emergency supplies. A go kit should be on hand and ready in the event of an emergency. The kit should include a battery-powered weather radio, flashlights, and extra batteries, medications, toiletries, phones, and chargers. Extra clothing, toilet paper, a toolkit, and important contact numbers. In addition, you should include a three-day supply of food and water, budgeting at least one gallon of water per person per day. Be sure to bring food that you'd be willing to eat, even if that means packing some comfort food. However, Trimarco suggests that you keep in mind that you won't know your cooking situation will be like after you evacuate. So be sure to bring food that is ready to eat without too much preparation. Another important item in your kit is copies of personal documents. If something does happen to your home, having things like insurance paperwork and financial records can save you lots of time and energy after a disaster to help you get the help that you need. Trimarco said, "Don't forget to include childcare and pet supplies. In addition, packing a few comfort or entertainment items can make a tough situation feel a little more bearable." Although Western Washington does not experience as many wildfires as the eastern part of the state, Badger emphasizes that Woodinville residents should still be aware of their home's level of wildfire risk. Woodinville is in the wildland-urban interface area, where wildlands and the wilderness meet and coexist with suburban areas. She said, "If a lot of trees surround you, know that you're probably at a higher risk than if many buildings surround you." Ultimately, preparation and readiness are integral to keeping you and your family safe. Please don't hesitate when you hear these different evacuation levels. Badger said, "Authorities have thought through all the ramifications of issuing an evacuation order and will do so when needed." To sign up for the Alert King County Alert System, please visit kingcounty.gov/alert. Pride wall removal causing outrage for Duval residents. The city of Duval sparked controversy after a pride wall had to be taken down. Axton Burton is the author of the Pride Wall. They have been an independent business owner since 2016 and has been commissioned to put the Pride Wall up. He details what has been going on. So the mayor's office reached out to me privately. And asked me to commission the city for a rainbow crosswalk, and didn't respond to me for about a week after that," said Burton. The mayor's aide for the city of Duval told him about some issues that have been going on with the Pride Wall for about a year. People put a variety of images and illustrations on the Pride Wall, such as Gadsden flags with the inscription "Don't tread on me," the prisoner of war flags, and many other contents that are offensive and very graphic. Burton says that the city has failed to determine what language can be used to create different forms of expression on public property. They don't have any art policy in place, and there's no language differentiating hate speech from free speech. And there was no language permitting what was allowed on city fences and what was not. This lack of clarity created even more threats of violence that prompted city leaders to step in. They initially allowed them to have their pride wall as part of the city of Duval. What the mayor's aide had shared was that there is a keyboard lawyer who was like, 
Technically, if you allow this up, then you have to allow everything else up. And the city's like, yes, that is very true. But we will talk about policies about the pride wall and what is allowed on city fences, said Burton. The mayor's office, however, decided to change course. They said that Burton's pride wall needed to be taken down because they were caught in a pickle. They said that was no language that helped differentiate between free speech and hate speech. The city thought that they were getting threatened, where they would get emails and calls, even from some local businesses. They even called the FBI. That's the point where they decided that they could not wait until this week to have a discussion. It would just be taken down, and we would have to talk about it later. People have felt anger, fire, and fury about the city's decision to remove the wall. That it has had a profound impact on the LGBTQIA+ community. Burton says that making big rash moves without consultation from the city is problematic because it shows that the city is not being transparent with its constituents. It's also worth pointing out that by images in her props, such as prisoners of war and Gadsden flags on display, that express hate towards a certain group, it enables the city to adopt an extremist ideology that deviates from basic core values. There's been a lot of pain going around as well as anger. It felt like the city, definitely in the eyes of most of the community, caved to hate, and that's definitely how the people who put up those flags will see it. As a we won, we wanted this taken down," said Burton. "It's just going to embolden people who stand for hate and are against the queer community and visibility. People have felt connected with this pride wall, that it meant something special in their lives." For example, students at Mount Pleasant School felt touched by it. People were also touched by it in that a couple got married because of the pride wall, where they felt like they belonged, regardless of their racial, ethnic background, gender identity, or any other factor. You might be asking, what are the next steps to resolve this issue? On August fifteenth, Duval City Hall was open to the public. So that residents could come in and talk about what the wall meant to them, or what the demolition suddenly meant to them, as well as what their ideas are on what the policy should be for city fences," said Burton. This affects nonprofits and local businesses who use that space for public events or gatherings. Additionally, Burton hopes to retool his pride wall to give it a new look and feel. The city of Duval is working with me to have me sign a paper. To donate the ribbon that they removed already, and then I would be installing another art installation on city property with the proper approval and proper policy set into place. Visiting Woodenville shuts out Waialua. There's still plenty of sightseeing in store for the visiting Woodenville Falcons, but it was all business at game time. Woodenville jumped on top early and led wire to wire in a 30-0 shutout of host Waialua on Thursday night at Toshiyuki Nakazone Field. It's been great. We wanted to get away and have the team come together, work on team chemistry. Woodenville coach Wayne Maxwell said, "We practiced at St. Louis yesterday. Had Rainbow Drive-In. We're taking them to Pearl Harbor tomorrow. The UH game. A little beach time for these guys." Some things that a lot of these guys haven't had a chance to do ever. It's been a tremendous chemistry-building trip for us. 
Everett Ratliff gave the Falcons an early spark. His first quarter interception to the one-yard line set Woodenville up for its first score. That interception carried extra significance for the team. Ratliff donned number 44, a significant number for the Falcons. It was the number worn by Parker Archie Moore, a former Falcons player who was murdered in 2014. Ever since then, a select few Falcons are selected to wear the 44 jersey each season. Ratliff was one of the selections this year. It means everything to me. This program has helped me through some things, and this program means everything to me. I'm glad I can make an impact for the team, Ratliff said. Receiving the 44 jersey was a big honor, and I do my best to lead both verbally and with my actions on the field. Woodenville running back Chase Rudin led all rushers, with 91 yards on 18, carries with two touchdowns on the ground. Awesome leader, tough kid Maxwell said about Rudin. You can tell by looking at him, he has worked hard in the weight room. He's the type of guy that can get you some tough yards. Falcons quarterback Levi Grothen completed 13 of 23 passes for 159 yards in his first career start. Grothen saw the field well, completing passes to seven receivers. It's his first start. He's a junior. He only started playing football his freshman year, Maxwell said about Grothen. Quarterback is a hard position to learn. He had a tremendous offseason. We're really excited about him. He's going to have a great year for us. Waialua was led by Makawakai Fierro's 65 yards on 21 carries. Quarterback Emery Abillo completed 7 of 15 passes for 76 yards, with his top receiver J.V. Arellano collecting 53 receiving yards. After picking up a first down on the game's first offensive play, Waialua's offense stagnated against a stout Woodenville defense. With the game still tied at 0-0 and half the quarter gone, the Falcons' defense made a big play to set up the first touchdown of the game. Ratliff intercepted Waialua quarterback Emery Abilla's pass and returned it 10 yards to the shadow of the goal line. Two plays later, Woodenville cashed in on the turnover with Ryan Bull's one-yard touchdown run. We were a little flat coming out. We weren't executing efficiently. That was the spark that we needed. Getting that takeaway in scoring position like that, Maxwell said about Ratliff's interception. The Bulldogs' defense had a chance to return serve late in the first quarter, but Sky Hirota dropped a would-be pick-six from Grothen with nothing but green grass in front of him. Waialua put together its longest drive of the first half at the start of the second quarter. Abila completed five of seven passes on the drive for 54 yards, but the 11-play drive fizzled out with a turnover on downs at the Woodenville 29-yard line. Grothen answered with 55 yards on five completions on the next Woodenville drive. Casey Larson capped that 11-play drive with a 15-yard touchdown run to put the Falcons up 14-0. It was more of the same to open the second half for Woodenville. On the opening drive after the intermission, the Falcons drove down the field on seven plays and scored on Rudin's six-yard touchdown run.
A block in the back penalty took away Casey Larson's 60-yard punt return touchdown, but the ensuing drive still ended in points for Woodenville on Finley Bragg's 39-yard field goal. If the game wasn't already out of reach at 23-0, Rudin made sure to finish Wealua off with his second touchdown of the day, a one-yard score to open the fourth quarter. We're trying to build momentum, Maxwell said about the win. It's a week one game for us. We absolutely wanted to come out and take care of business and compete for a win. It's early, so there's still a lot to work on, but it's good momentum to start the year for sure. The above story was first published in the September 1st Star Advertiser. The Star Advertiser provided permission to rerun the story. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Friday.